Welcome to the Houston Racquet Club Insider Podcast. This is the exclusive show for our members and staff, where it's all about the who, what, where, and why of our amazing club. But before we begin, here's some food for thought. Brian Dodge here. I'm excited to share with you some insight on a very important topic, and that topic is positivity. We've all received the well-intentioned advice to stay positive. The greater the challenge, the more this glass half-full wisdom can come across as silly and unrealistic. It's hard to find the motivation to focus on the positive when it seems like nothing more than wishful thinking. The real obstacles to positivity is that our brains are hardwired to look for and focus on threats. So I'm putting together three things that can help you stay in a positive mindset. Number one, separate fact from fiction. The first step is learning to focus on the positive requires knowing how to stop negative self-talk in its tracks. The more you dwell on negative thoughts, the more power you give them. Most of our negative thoughts are just that. They're thoughts, not facts. When you find yourself believing the negative and pessimistic things, your inner voice says, it's time to stop and write them down. Literally, stop what you're doing. Write down what you've been thinking. Once you've taken a moment to slow down the negative momentum of your thoughts, you will be more rational and clear-headed to evaluate them. You can bet that the statements aren't true anytime you see words like never, always, worse, ever. You know what I'm talking about. Number two, identify a positive. If you look for it, you can find it. If you don't, you can also never find it. It's your choice. This will come naturally after some practice. It really will. But first, you have to give your brain a little help by consciously selecting something positive to think about. When things are going well, you're in a mode of good. This is relatively easy. When things are going poorly and your mind is flooded with negative thoughts, this can be a challenge. In these moments, Think about your day and identify one positive thing that happened to you, no matter how small. Reflect on the previous day or even the previous week if you need be. Number three, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. You cultivate an attitude of gratitude by taking time out every day to focus on the positive. Any time you experience negative or pessimistic thoughts, use this as a cue to shift gears. Think about something upbeat. In time, a positive attitude will become a way of life. These are just a few things that will hopefully make and keep you aware of what you need to do to stay positive. Having a positive attitude is so important to being able to navigate the road of life that without it, you're literally wasting your years. 
This is Brian Dodge, wishing you a wonderful week. Hello, everyone. It is September 4th, 2020, and this is episode number 33 of the HRC Insider Podcast. As a quick reminder, all the previous episodes are available on the HRC app. And if you're wondering where, it is under the Stay Connected section of the app menu. Quick update today. We have Courts and One uh, courts one and two back open. They look and based on your feedback, they play fantastic. Thank you to everyone that made this happen. Uh, in, of course, in particular to Bob Trisco and his entire crew who have worked just endless hours to get the courts into the shape it's in today. The lights are awesome and the feedback has been wonderful. Uh, remember, it is September, so the resort pool hours have changed. Now we are Monday through Friday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, also, the Kids Club is still taking reservations through the app. For our staff, um, did you know that the HRC Insiders Facebook page has important information being posted each week? So make sure that you join the Facebook page and get all the latest communication. Uh, Listed um, for today's example, I think, is, um, well, today being a week ago when you listen to this. At the time of this recording, we posted all the anniversaries for September. I want to welcome our new staff, our new HRC insiders. We have John Contreras as a men's locker room attendant, Holden Jackson as a junior development assistant, and Maria Rosemont as a youth attendant. Happy anniversary. One year is Elma Salgado. Elma, have you really been with us for a year already? My goodness. Uh, Elma does a great job uh, in the grill uh, as a server. And one of our superstar sisters, Carmen has her 32nd year anniversary. Just incredible. I want to read a couple of comment cards that I hung on to. One of them is actually past two. And, and if Cappy Bowles is listening, i got to apologize. I received this one quite a while ago, but I didn't print it and put it in my HRC Insider Podcast folder. So I'm going to read it better late than never. The subject line of the email is Awesome Hortensia. The email states, Hi Thomas, I just wanted to tell you how great Hortensia at the HRC front desk has been. Reed lost his mask at HRC and Hortensia has gone above and beyond the call of duty in trying to find it. So please give Hortensia more than a few brownie points for her efforts. Thanks, Cappy. And I promised I will read it in the podcast. So mission accomplished. Mark Clevenger wrote that Daniel did an amazing job on the Redwood deck tonight. He continuously made sure our whole family has been taken care of and satisfied. Thanks for a great evening, Daniel! Exclamation point. And I was mentioning to our soon-to-be ex-officio president, Alex White, I said, did you read me a, did you write a comment card? And yes, he did. And he wrote, I have been very impressed with Joel. Uh, I observe him working hard. He is very good with details, and he provides excellent service. He takes his craft seriously, which I like. Um, Alex, thank you for that. Appreciate that. All right, upcoming events. We have the Kids Movie Night on Friday the 4th. So tonight, if you're listening to this podcast on uh, today's release, it's featuring the Trolls World Tour. So important stuff, kids. And then uh, come hang out with us this Labor Day for our annual celebration. And remember that uh, the clubhouse will be closed on Tuesday, September 8th, uh, because of Labor Day 
uh, festivities the day before. The HRC Women's Association's pop-up shop is on Friday the 11th, and that is going to be a lot of fun. So if you need some gift ideas, this is the time to do it. This is the place to do it, so come check it out. The moms are shopping. So what's there to do for the kids? Well, bring them to the youth area for some fun-making tie-dyes. Rochelle and her, her team are all over that. And then on Sunday the 13th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., we have the annual Red versus Blue Tennis Tournament headed by none other than our tennis director, Thomas Cook, and then Alex Graham, of course. I wonder who's doing a better chant this year. I, I think I know who won the last time, but I'm not going to say it. No partner is needed, singles, doubles, and mixed doubles. You can sign up for any of these programs through the HRC app. So uh, for our staff, again, after listening to this podcast, take the quiz on Trivi, and um, you have it assigned to you individually. Once you do, you'll get entered into the next price drawing. And based on the feedback we had, um, we are going to give away another Costco membership for one year, which is very popular. With that, let's go to the Rockstar Spotlight tie-in. And this time, this guy has been here less than a year, but the reason I asked him, and I'm going to uh, ask him about this again during the actual interview, but I asked him to do the podcast when I heard about his commute to the club, which is incredible. And then once I got the script from Sicily, he has just some hidden talents I was not aware of. So that is what this podcast was intended or invented for to begin with. And so for the benefit of our staff and our members, especially those members in the pool area who he is serving, let's get to know William Alvarez. All right, so sitting in front of me is the latest Houston Racquet Club mystery. Mystery for me because I'll get into that in a second. But uh, I want to welcome William Alvarez to the unofficial recording studio of the Houston Racquet Club Insider Podcast, a.k.a. my office. Welcome, William. Thank you very much, Mr. Thomas. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. Doing great. Yeah. So this is quite a story over here, and uh, just amazing, but be we start the podcast off the same way with everybody. Where are you from? Uh, all that good stuff. Okay, well, I was born 1981, Corpus Christi, Texas, um, to Judith and Bill Alvarez. Um, moved to Kingwood, Houston area when I was about eight years old. Um, dad worked for Exxon, so we relocated. Uh, he worked for Exxon for about 25 years. Um, and then I went to middle school, or elementary school, middle school, high school, Kingwood High School, Kingwood Middle School. Um, went on to LSU from there, lived in Louisiana for college and a couple, one or two years after that, came back to Houston. Um, I've worked, you know, restaurants and I've also been a teacher, um, been a swim coach. Okay. So we're going to dissect all of that because there is a lot. So in Kingwood, you, you're pretty much a lot into sports. What sports were you in? Um, I really love baseball. Um, I mean, if I could have done anything and stuck with it, I would have been a catcher for the Astros. But, um, you know, I like football. I like basketball. Um, but swimming was my thing. I mean, I excelled at it. It was the one where I was, you know, um, you know, I just kind of took to it. You know, as soon as I got in the water and, and learned the strokes and learned underwater dolphin kick, um, I got to be pretty good. Underwater dolphin kick. Yes. Okay. I'm going to learn something during this podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> Your favorite stroke, backstroke, butterfly. Backstroke and butterfly. Those were my specialties. So um, my first junior national qualifying time was in the backstroke. So I was. Um, I'm sorry. Your what? Junior nationals. So um, if you swim a USA club, which y'all have the club here, uh, they're like the year round program. So a USA swimming program, eventually, like, you know, that, that's where it's all levels. It's year-round. 
Um, but eventually, you have to be USA Swimmer to go to Olympic trials to go to the Olympics. Um, so if you call, if you go fast enough, you know, and excel enough, and you go to Olympic trials, if you're the number one or number two at trials, you go to the Olympics. So I have quite a few members whose name I'm not going to mention right now. They're very passionate about everything you just said. <laughs> and we, we started all of that here a few years ago, and that's great. I had just no idea that that's your background. So you're probably just itching out there every day, <laughs> serving around the pool, seeing the kids and, and all of that. Yes. And we didn't, we didn't have swim meets this year, so that was kind of hard. But no. uh, now, what stopped you from swimming? Um, well, I mean, I just, I guess I just finished. I mean, um, once you get to a certain level, unless you're Michael Phelps or Ryan Lochte, um, then those are maybe the only two guys that make money enough to you not have a second or third job. Um, most swimmers, if you're not named Michael Phelps or Ryan Lochte, you're going to have to have a job at Home Depot or the racket club to just support yourself to train because, um, the U S Olympic committee only gives out, you know, a few hundred dollars every month. You'll, you won't be able to live if you're just swimming. Um, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but I know that you're, you tried out for the Olympics. I did in the hundred meter backstroke. Um, and you missed, did I read this right? You missed the Olympic trials by 0.01 of a second. Yes. My freshman year at LSU, uh, at the Southeastern conference swim meet, um, I dropped a bunch of time. I dropped two seconds from my best time. I went from 52 to 50 point. But I was one one-hundredth of a second, which is one-fifth of a blink of an eye away from Olympic trial qualifier that year. That's incredible. That was 2000. Yeah, that would have been the, um, was it the Sydney Games. So how did you, how did you, how did you deal with that? I was actually very excited. I was happy that I went that fast. So I, I still made, what, the U.S. Open qualifier. You know, I was, I, I was one of the faster junior national swimmers that time. And I was, you know, I was the freshman in the pool. I, I probably shouldn't even have gone to, to Southeastern Common Swimming that year. But because we had two swimmers, we had um, a Swedish Olympian and a Brazilian Olympian, that because they went to the um, Olympic, what's it called, like the the, um, their team went to train for the Sydney Games. And our coach said, we don't want you on the LSU team anymore, which just doesn't make any sense to me. But because they were not there, I got to go to Southeastern Conference, and I got to go faster. And I almost made trials, but I did make, you know, I, I went faster. I was happy about it. And the next year, I actually did, you know, 50.3 or whatever. I did make the, I made the, made the cut my sophomore year. Have you met our LSU uh, fan club here at the club? I've met a couple of them, yes. I, um, Name a couple. Um, oh, shoot, no, put me on the spot like that. Um, Brad Pat. I, I don't know if I've I've met him. I, I I did have a good conversation the other day with oh, Mitch Creekmore. Is it Peril? Not Paralu. It's um, it's got a Lou at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but what? we we knew some of the same people. We knew some of the LSU swimmers. Like we had a great conversation. His wife said, yeah. "Oh, you're a Tiger." I said, "Oh, great, yeah, yeah. absolutely." You know, yeah. alumni, and he graduated a couple years before I did. Man, I wish uh, I could remember that name right now. And of course, you realize, uh, you know, from you know our recent laws of Roman, but a big LSU fan he was. And so, talk about your time at LSU. You got some scholarships, right? I did. I did. When I first arrived, I didn't realize that my SAT score qualified me to um, have my out-of-state tuition waived. So, my very first semester, I paid the out-of-state tuition. And then my coach realized, hey, you scored high enough on your test where you don't have to. You can pay in-state. And then I got books paid from swimming my second semester of my freshman year. And then just because I kept improving in the pool, I got more money, you know, as I went along junior year, I had a, f a full tuition from swimming and, and, and academics together. So you, 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 <clears throat> you applied, I mean, you tested out for the Olympics, you 
were also recruited to swim by just incredible schools: Georgia Tech, Naval Academy, A and M. Right. Correct. Correct. Those are the those were the schools that I went to um, recruiting trips yeah. for. So that's that's probably if I can talk to the kids that are athletes out there. When you're a senior, take as many recruiting trips as you possibly can. You know, schedule them early. You know, get in there, re- return all of the like. Because if you are fast enough in whatever track or swimming or you're good enough at volleyball, or whatever, you'll get letters from colleges. All you know, there'll be stuff in your mailbox. Your coach will be handing them to you your junior year. Fill those out, send them back, and then you'll maybe get a trip for yourself to go to see these schools and then you get to experience you know maybe a football game maybe a basketball game and you know you get a whole weekend i got the weekend at georgia tech i got a weekend at texas a&m i got a weekend at the naval academy which wasn't as fun but um uh and then i went to lsu was my last trip it was so fun and uh i just enjoyed it so much there were some people i already knew there my uncle lives in baton rouge i just had such a great time i had to go so one of the scholarships with all of that was in music and uh, here's another angle. You actually played in an orchestra. I did. I did. And when I was, um, well, let's see, I was in elementary school. When I was in fifth grade, the uh, Kingwood Middle School Orchestra came to our school, and I saw the double bass, the upright bass, the contrabass, the, I like to call it bull fiddle. Um, it's the big cello. And um, when I saw that, I had to play it. And then I found out my grandfather had actually played it. My, my mom's father played the violin, he played the upright bass, he played the tuba, he played the euphonium, he played all kinds of stuff. He, he actually taught an entire bass section in his town when he was the concertmaster violinist. Um, but then, I, anyway, long story short, um, I decided sixth grade, uh, the orchestra, orchestra department was kind of new at Kingwood Middle School. They had just started, I think it was their second or third year. But uh, I just, I really loved it. I mean, I, I played and then uh, seventh grade, I made all region, which was a great experience as well. Eighth grade, I made all region. Ninth grade, got to high school. It was a little more difficult. Made all region again. Um, almost made all state my sophomore year. Um, but the schedule just didn't work out where I could do everything. I'm trying to juggle swimming and orchestra and Boy Scouts and all kinds of stuff. I just had to pick. So I, I chose swimming. And then I went back to music. When I got to college, I was lucky enough to get my own bass. And then mm-hmm. uh, the outstanding uh, double bass instructor at LSU, Young Chow Wei <clears throat> from Taiwan, um, I started studying with her at kind of private lessons. She got me into the LSU Symphony. I started playing there my junior year while I was swimming still. And then senior year, I was playing with the LSU Symphony again. And then my fifth year, my swimming scholarship had kind of run out. And uh, Young Chow Wei said, oh, you know what? You can get a, a music scholarship. And uh, her English was not so good. It's much better now, but then it, then it was not so good. So I actually typed the letter myself. She signed yeah. it, and yeah. I got a full, full ride for music. Wow. Awesome. Double and, bass performance, yeah. And on top of all of that, you got into lifeguarding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible. Old, so yeah. Uh, you were 15. From 15 to 17, you were a lifeguard for the trailwood gators well yeah well it was called gator services was the lifeguard company which became maybe crystal services up in kingwood Uh um yes i worked at the woodland hills pool the trailwood trailwood village pool um i was i've been life i was lifeguard certified for probably over 20 years just between swim coaching and you know those first three years three summers i did lifeguard but uh yeah I i would go to swim practice in the morning i would go stay at the pool all day in the lifeguard stand and i would go back to swim practice in the afternoon and repeat it all summer so all of that, and then all of a sudden you have to get into the hospitality industry. And you worked at Papacitos. I did. I did, yes. Which one? Uh, Umble. Umble. Don't want an Umble. Okay. Correct. Did you like it? I did. I did. Um, I was also, um, 
uh, I was going, I was actually learning to record at that point. I was going to MediaTek Institute to um, learn to record. I learned Pro Tools. I learned how to do um, analog recording on two-inch tape, um, you know, to go along with my music stuff because I also play guitar. Two of the things you just said, analog and two-inch tape, we just lost <laughs> half our audience. You <laughs> no, know? you shouldn't have because aren't they, well, you know, they were born before me, right? So yeah. before all this yeah. digital, yeah. we had tape we were record to, right? We have yeah. the cassette tapes, the A-track tapes. But uh, back in the day, they would yeah. record on the tape. All of my um, <clears throat> cassette tapes I still have somewhere in the closet at home. Over 150 <laughs> of them properly labeled with songs wow. off Austrian radio. Just pirated because, you know, but anyway, cool. aging myself here. As you uh, walked in here, you you shimmed up to that microphone, and it's like, as everybody can hear, you're just a natural at it. And I read <laughs> on here that you worked at a recording studio with a friend who is a Houston rapper. Uh, yes, his name is Brian Terrio. He's... um. Uh, he had a, a song called Country Rap Tune. I believe it was like 2001 it came out. Um, he was on Elektra Records. Um, he actually was the mixing engineer for Paul Wall's Sitting Sideways. Um, he also worked with Chameleon Air, uh, Mike Jones, um, I don't know, uh, the, the Swisher House, and Screwed Up Click. Awesome. So, so much content, so little time. Now we got <laughs> to figure out how they got over here. So I know you worked at Saltgrass, and so how did that connection happen? Correct. Most recently, I worked at Saltgrass. Um, and then I was working a lunch shift one day, and a gentleman comes in and sits in my section, I believe, with another maybe gentleman who worked at that Saltgrass or worked with some of the people that worked at that Saltgrass. And um, I waited on their table uh, at, after the meal that he actually gave me his card and said, hey, I work, I, I'm a manager at the Houston Rack Club. We're looking for servers. And uh, I thought you did a great job. Um, keep, keep in contact with me. Maybe you can come over and um, get, get a gig over there. And I said, okay, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll try it out. That was Howard. <laughs> Howard Johnson, by the way. Our latest uh, sportscaster here at the Racket Club is doing a great job with that. Now, awesome. I, re I remember meeting you, but you weren't a cast. <laughs> correct, correct. I broke my left arm. on um, Right before work. Right before work. So I actually filled out all my paperwork. I did all my, or I, you know, checked all my boxes and dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. And I'd done everything. I was ready to serve. And then I'm out riding my bike. And unfortunately, I took a spill over my handlebars, broke my left arm. It was a, what a... Um, what's it called? Uh, some kind of fracture, hairline fracture. wasn't as bad as the fracture I had in my right arm during high school, but uh, it was bad enough where I had to be in a you know a splint, and um, I wasn't able to serve right away, so I was a host for a little while. Well, I'll tell you what, 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 you know, seeing you out and about now by the pools and just drenched and it's just hot <laughs> out there and you're working hard and everything else, and now knowing about your, your, your love for swimming and, and coaching and so forth. Um, but I, I know, I know you want to probably get back into that. I know right now, hopefully Blake is li uh, listening and I know Marsha is listening. <laughs> and just like we've had, um, staff before make the transitions within the club. That's what I love about the club. And hopefully you do too. There's so much opportunity for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't so, even know y'all had as much swimming as y'all did until I, um, was out at the pool. So I, there were months before I even knew you had a swim team or a record board or even coaches like you do. Unless you are a member of the Houston Racquet Club where you're lucky enough to work here. It's just like me years ago, driving by on Memorial. I didn't know what was back here because <laughs> the building is, is, you know, um, not a huge typical country club and nobody has any idea what's back here. It's just a top of the line country club here we're running Absolutely. and it's a huge property. Um, what do you want to do in the future? 
Um, in the future, actually, I'm studying right now. So my degree, my bachelor's of science is in mathematics, applied mathematics. Um, I'm studying a little bit right now to um, take the actuarial exams, um, to be an actuary, perhaps. I want to maybe be an what, actuary. What, what, what does that mean? So an actuary um, actually works for an insurance company and uh, crunches numbers to see how long you're going to live and how much you need to pay for your life insurance. Risk assessment. Risk assessment, exactly. So you come up with the... Um, uh, what equations or whatever to, to plug the numbers in like how old are you uh, do, mm-hmm. do you you know do this this and this that's bad for you do mm-hmm. this that's good for you mm-hmm. so basically you know how much are you going to spend for your life insurance policy or mm-hmm. your whatever policy so um before i forget to mention this uh, <laughs> this is how this whole thing started why is william sitting in front of me today <laughs> even though you've only been here a year and there's so many staff members here and then may not be as thrilled to be sitting in the hot seat, but I had to talk to you. The reason was, um, it was Lindsay, I believe, was it you, Cicely? It was Lindsay who mentioned to me how you come to work every day. And you take the bus. Correct. And you Most take days. the bus for about anywhere from an hour and 20 minutes to three hours coming to work for your shift, and you've never been late. I've been late. <laughs> Let's not stretch it that okay, bad. Well, yes, no, none of this is a stretch except that you may correct, have been late. Correct. I may have been a little late a couple of times. I'm not late all the time. I try to be on time or early. Um, my dad's taught me that. I know he's beat that in my school before. But. There is something you said to me which really made me go, Sicily, I want to talk to William. You said to me, because I, I said, I, thank you very much for doing this. I mean, that's a lot. It's incredible. You know, I mean, we have people that are late in their own cars, right? No excuse. Yes. My favorite, uh, traffic. Traffic, right. We haven't had traffic, by the way, in seven months, right? (laughs) At least. Um, But you said something that really got my attention. You said, I just feel like it's the least I can do to give back to the club because the club took care of me when we were shut down and kept paying me. I th- that was such a classy thing to say. Well, I mean, it's 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 the truth. This is the only, I mean, this is the first you know corporation or whatever you want to call it organization that I've worked for that's taking care of people like that. Um, I really seriously like we've I've worked for mom and pops or you know clubs like swim programs and stuff like that, but they wouldn't pay me unless i was at work like you know the y'all took care of me i'd only worked here for a couple months and i got paid for six weeks and i feel like it's the least i can do to sit on the bus and maybe miss a couple buses and sit for another hour or two just to to get back we do our own risk assessments too (laughs) and our biggest asset are our people you know our, our president said that a long time ago too and and i couldn't agree more with that so um you're here for a reason. It was meant to be. You have a future ahead of you. Hopefully, it's going to be with us for quite a, a while longer, maybe in a different role, different job, whatever. Most likely, I see some kind of H2O involvement in the future. <laughs> That'd but be great. Yeah, any, any kind of swimming stuff. Like, if I could just give some lessons, you know, Marsha, if y'all are listening, I'd love to teach one class once a week if I could just get my toes in the water on it. Um, teach you know maybe maybe a little technique on backstroke or underwater kick or butterfly if y'all need some butterfly help well that's my specialty is teaching butterfly don't um, step don't step all over i don't want to step on any toes no exactly that's right don't i get, will assist that's don't, fine with don't me get me don't get me in, in <laughs> trouble there we got a great swim team going of course. oh yeah coaching. you guys really do you do but it gets better every time because people like you join in the team so <laughs> hey um i see on here sicily wrote down you had a question for me I do, I do. So I've heard that you worked in the kitchen, correct? You're a chef. Yes. When was the last time you worked a shift in the kitchen? Just, just in Chef White's. 
sure. Just in a kitchen. No, just in the kitchen and and at a club or a restaurant. Um, in well, I was a chef for me, kind of like Adam is right now. Mm -hmm. So the last time I had chef whites on and actually cooked, or no, I expedited. That was Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. The last time I cooked full-time uh i'd say westlake club in 96. 96 yeah um yeah and um without chef whites before that i punched french fries and made boats for the fajitas at chilies in the gallery and the original one of fountain view that was a while nice, uh, nice yeah but you can take the chef out of the kitchen but <laughs> right right so, right what coincidence because this is the first time i've had a job around the pool that hasn't been coaching since 1998 when i was when i was a lifeguard so and you also said it's the first job next to the pool where you're not where i'm not coaching yes and so, where you're not in chlorine you said well yeah or, or in the water correct <laughs> yes or i'm not in the water uh, but by the way that thing right behind me over here that license that's my chef license from 1983 from austria if you want to look at that i started in 1980 so actually and then sunny and i met It'll be 30 years in uh, ago, in 91. That was my first private club. But this is about you, not me, and we're running long. I want to make sure I always get the most important thing in here, and that is what do you like most about the racket club and what advice, motivation do you have, and what can you offer uh, in closing this podcast out with the rest of your team? Um, I mean, the thing I like the most is definitely the atmosphere. Um, the people are, like you said, the people make the club. Um, and everyone's been, you know, very welcoming to me. Like it hasn't been, I, I mean, it hasn't been like a lot of other places where I start off and I'm dirt until I've been there three years. You know, I felt like I was accepted right away. I think that's outstanding and wonderful. Um, uh, what was the second part of the question? I'm, I'm sorry. What motivates you? Motivates me. Um, just being happy. Just um, going out there and, and uh, doing something that makes me, you know, feel good. Makes me smile, you know, have fun. Um, really motivation is just having fun and just enjoying Enjoying life. Anything else you want to share before we wrap this up? Um, I want to talk about the time I broke my right arm. So I was in high school, and uh, I just finished um, some swim meet in Klein, and uh, I'd done pretty well, and end up running in the rain for some reason, and fell, broke my right arm, and actually it was a much worse break. So the bone snapped, and I have two steel plates in my right arm. So left arm, I didn't have to have anything put in. It's, it's, it's still exactly the same way. Like I didn't have to have any surgeries or anything. This right arm when I was in what, junior high school, junior high school, yes. Junior high school, I have two steel plates still from what, 98, December 98. It's, the steel plates are still in there. So the six weeks after that, I was only kicking and morning, every morning, every afternoon, still doing my 20 hours a week in the water. Uh, the week before I got my cast off, which is the, the week of the state swim meet, I got my cast off on Wednesday. I'm still trying to straighten my arm out on Thursday. And Friday, I had to swim at the high school state meet, the 50 backstroke on the medley relay. And fortunately enough, I was able to do pretty well because I did the fifth, what they call the fifth swimming stroke, which is which is um, the underwater dolphin kick. So you have freestyle, backstroke, butterfly, breaststroke. And what they like to say competitive-wise is underwater dolphin kick is the fifth stroke. So I was pretty good at that because I just kicked for six weeks, seven weeks. Oh. So when I got in, I kicked underwater 15 meters going down, took a few strokes, did a flip turn, kicked underwater 15 meters coming back. And our relay dropped three seconds. We went from 15th into uh, third in the state. All-American. We made All-American. And how would you translate all of that into one word that benefits you today in your current job role? Uh, one word, just one word. One commitment. Commitment. Commitment is a great one. 
perseverance popped in my head. So, hey, uh, William, awesome. Thank you. Uh, you so much to share. Thank goodness we got it all in, in most of it in here. Well, I missed one thing. Um, happy 12 years at HRC, Thomas. 12 years, right? This month or next uh, month? September 9th. September 9th. There you go. That's right. 12 years. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thanks again for being here. Thank you for all that you do and participating in the Houston Racket Club Insider Podcast. And if you have any suggestions, recommendations, or compliments, press the Engage link below and let us know what you think. Or email us at engage at houstonracketclub.com. That's E-N-G-A-G-E at HoustonRacketClub.com. And when you do, you'll be entered to win some fun prizes. And now, stay tuned for Thomas's Song of the Week. Have an amazing day.